0: On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Unofficial Podcast, Tesla has announced its Q1 production and delivery totals, with one of those figures being a bit surprising. Plus, Tesla has released another limited edition alcoholic beverage, some new Cybertruck job listings lead some to wonder if the stainless steel truck is going to get painted, spoiler, it probably won't be, a cheaper Model Y is now officially available, and more. Ryan McCaffrey here with you for episode 401 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, which comes at you every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, this one for April 9th, 2023. I want to start just by saying a quick thank you to so many of you who were kind enough to email me, tweet me, message me, all the well wishes on hitting episode 400. It has been quite a ride so far, and I am so grateful for it. And I'm so grateful that all of you take the time to continue to listen in each and every week. Now, a couple of quick, uh, really just one quick bite before we get to the main course this week. And there is a very hearty main course of Tesla news to talk about this week. Following up on last week's episode when I told you about Giga Berlin hitting full volume production, that of course defined by Tesla as 5,000 Model Ys built per week. They did that right on schedule at their one year anniversary of production. Well, Giga Texas just hit 4,000 Model Ys per week. Tesla posted a congratulatory message to the Giga Texas team on its Twitter account to acknowledge that production milestone. So hopefully that means that 5,000 a week is maybe a month or so away at this point, which would lead us right into the start of Cybertruck production this summer. By the way, I hope all of you who are backing me on Patreon at that $10 a month tier or higher enjoyed this week's weekly lightning round bonus mini episode, which was about my Tesla and EV related observations during my family's recent vacation from last week. I I went away somewhere and and, uh, of course my eyes can't help but just notice, oh, what's the Tesla situation like here? What's the EV situation like? So I talked about that. Hope you enjoy it if you're backing me on Patreon. And a reminder, there's 41 of those now, which if you decide at any point to back my efforts with this podcast on Patreon at that $10 a month tier or higher, you immediately get access to all of those, all 41 and counting of those. You can find more information on my Patreon page, which is found at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. The support tiers start at just five bucks a month. That'll get you early access. The $10 and up gets you early access and that weekly bonus mini episode. And by the way, the annual pledges, as I've been mentioning recently, now get a 10% discount. So if you wanna just pay once to back me for an entire year, there's a 10% discount in it for you uh, as a little bit of a thank you. All right, let's roll here. Lots to talk about this week. First up, Tesla's... First production and delivery numbers for 2023 are in, and no surprise, it is another record quarter for a company that continues to grow just by leaps and bounds at a mostly very steady clip with absolutely no signs of slowing down. Tesla's announcement by uh, their investor relations page was, as usual, short, sweet, and to the point. They wrote simply this. In the first quarter, we produced over 440,000 vehicles and delivered over 422,000 vehicles. We continued to transition towards a more even regional mix of vehicle builds, including Model S and X vehicles in transit to Europe and the Asian Pacific territories. Now, the exact numbers, if you're curious, are 440,808 produced, and 422,875 delivered. For context, and that's key to this particular um, quarter, these particular results, last quarter, which was Q4 of 2022, of course, was 439,701, so a difference of just over 1,100, 1,107 vehicles difference. Uh, That was the production tally in Q4 of last year, with 405,278 delivered, so that's a quarter-over-quarter quarter increase of basically zero. I mean, it's less than one percent on production, and it's an increase of four percent on deliveries. Which really, you heard Tesla attribute that to the uh, more even regional mix, which was a kind of a, a change from last quarter, or at the at last quarter that they're now kind of smoothing out for this quarter and beyond. And so I'll be honest with you here, I am a bit surprised that production wasn't higher. Now to be fair, and again, for some additional context, which I think is always important, Q1, as many of you probably know if you've been following certainly Tesla for any amount of time, and and just really the automotive industry in general, Q1 is traditionally the softest quarter of the year for all automakers, and Q4 is traditionally the biggest. So we just went from the biggest to the softest. And for a long, long time, particularly when you go back to the pre-Model 3 and Model Y days, when it was just the Model S and Model X that Tesla was building, that same kind of uh, template, if you will, applied to Tesla as well. But as these high volume cars, the 3 and the Y have gone into production and really ramped up by such an incredible degree over these past now, almost six years for the Model 3, and we're at now three years and counting for the Model Y, Tesla has managed to defy that logic. And I'm honestly not sure what to point to for the cause of this relatively flat quarter, because on paper we know, you just heard it, Giga Texas producing more cars than they were even a quarter ago, And Berlin, Giga Berlin, has ramped up as well over the course of Q1, hitting their 5,000 a week goal, which means there were more cars made in Q1 at those two factories than were made in Q4. Now, I did talk last week on the podcast about how I thought that perhaps S and X numbers were a bit soft, and even though the S and the X don't account for much, of overall production in Tesla. It's just, I I double checked the number for Q1. The updated tally is 4.4% of overall vehicle production at Tesla is the SNX combined, not each combined. So you're talking about 95.6% of vehicles made at Tesla are threes and whys, but still, Any slight dip, even from the S and the X, and if, you know, if demand is a little soft right now, could still account for the delta, or at least, you know, the the lack of the same level of growth that we've been seeing quarter over quarter, even regardless of whether it's Q4 or Q1. Now that said, let's look ahead to Q2, a.k.a the last quarter ever before Cybertruck production begins, I thought I would make Q2 the subject of this week's Patreon poll. Now, that we're just starting the quarter. We have our Q1 numbers. And so I asked all of you, how many cars do you think Tesla will deliver? I wanted to zero in on deliveries rather than production in June. So again, the delivery tally for the just completed Q1 was just over 422,000 vehicles. And it was a pretty, everybody was pretty bunched up in the middle of this poll, which I guess I shouldn't be too surprised at. 41% of you who responded voted 450,000 to 475,000 range of again, deliveries with 39% of you, a little more optimistic thinking it'd be 475,000 to 500,000. 12% of you took the low end 425 to 450, 7% of you on the more optimistic end of saying over half a million between 500,000 and 525,000 and 1% of you taking the extreme optimism angle, which I appreciate saying above 525,000, uh, we've got, Lovely folks like Keith Fernandez and also Family First TJ, uh, Joe out there kind of saying the same thing. Joe saying Tesla can make plenty, but there's a lot happening in the macro, which is very true. You know, we are seeing there there are sort of macroeconomic forces that are continuing to kind of swirl on the perimeter of things, on the peripheral, if you will. So we'll see how Q2 goes. Again, what should be the last quarter where there are just four vehicles four passenger vehicles. I'm not counting the Tesla semi and it seems like Tesla didn't as well in their numbers because the, the, the tally of semis was probably quite small, certainly in the grand scheme of things. I'm sure it was under a hundred, but yes, Q3 should bring us that fifth passenger vehicle into this tally from till, from now until the end of time, the Cybertruck. Oh, and one more thing on this, by the way. Tesla did announce at the same time they shared these production and delivery numbers that the earnings call will be the same time it usually is, a couple of weeks after the earnings, three weeks to be specific, after the production uh, and delivery numbers get announced. So it's going to be on Wednesday, April 19th, and thus I will have my usual recap, highlights, and analysis episode for you Later that week, that's going to be episode 403, so two episodes from now. Stay tuned for that. Those are always fun to put together. Now, speaking of vehicle production, a new vehicle variant is now officially on the menu for anyone in North America to order. Yes, the Texas-built Model Y 2.0, as I have gotten used to calling it here for a while now, can now be ordered by anyone rather than only being available as an off-menu purchase in select states. Now the the Model Y all-wheel drive, that's its official name, AKA the artist formerly known as the Model Y standard range all-wheel drive, is on the design studio now, you can go take a look. A tip of the cap to Tesla insider and eagle-eyed Tesla fan, Sawyer Merritt, spotting this. That's where I saw it first, was on his Twitter feed. Meanwhile, here's some other good news. The other two Model Ys have received a slight price cut. So here's where we're at. The aforementioned now on the menu, Model Y all-wheel drive is $50,000. The long range all-wheel drive, AKA the one most people buy who are gonna buy a Model Y is now back down to the 53,000 it was at after the big price cut in January. It had floated back up by a little bit and had been at $55,000 a week ago. And the Model Y performance also got a $2,000 price cut. It is now $57,000. So obviously, I love to see these price cuts. That is great news for buyers. And with this Texas-built Model Y standard, by the way. You'll, of course, be getting those 4680 battery cells that Tesla's now ramping up. You will get the structural battery pack. And more importantly, tax credits on that vehicle could bring you down to 42,500 on it from just federal. You may have some state incentives as well, which is a really nice deal. Now, personally, I'm still I'm still in the same place I've been on this, and that is, I personally don't think that the $3,000 savings on that vehicle compared to the long range offsets the very significant 50-mile range difference, particularly when we're not dealing with an LFP pack on the standard that would give you 279 miles of daily usable range, similarly to how the Model 3 standard, the base Model 3, and its LFP pack give you that 272 miles of daily usable range by encouraging you and allowing you to charge up to 100% every single day. But still, this new variant of the Y being officially widely available in North America is is certainly going to work great for plenty of folks out there. I don't want to sound judgmental. I don't, I don't want to sound like you know, my opinion is the only one. No, certainly not. It's, everybody's gonna make their own financial decision. For some, that $3,000 might be, you know, they're gonna have a, a, a ceiling on their budget and they can't go the extra three. For others, the range may just not be a factor at all and they'd rather save the 3,000. I totally get it. But uh, yeah, for, for me, if I were buying I would I would go, you know if you if you can budget for it, i would I would certainly allocate uh, that extra three thousand dollars for the long range. but choice is good, especially when those new choices are more affordable choices at that. So great stuff here. Love to see this. It's also presumably a good sign for the forty six eighty battery cell production ramp. The fact that Tesla is now taking this from off the menu and officially putting it on suggests that they're more confident in where they're at with the, uh, the, the battery cell production ramp on the 4680s. Of course, they're going to be gearing up for Cybertruck production and the large number of 4680 battery cells that vehicle is going to take. So all good this week with regard to the production ramp pointing up on the batteries and more affordable options. Now, I'm not even done talking about more affordable options. Let's stay on the subject of price cuts. The Model S and Model X got haircuts again this week. Another $5,000 have been taken off all variants of the S and X, and of course there are four variants total. You've got the long range, AKA the base Model S, now down to $85,000 base price. The Plaid Model S down to $105,000. The Long Range X is at $95,000, and the Plaid X maintains price parity with the Plaid X, also now at $105,000. Again, these are great cars, arguably two of the best cars in the world. I mean, I, I am of the opinion that the Model S is still the best overall car in the world. Now, am I a biased Tesla fanboy? Of course, I'm, <laughs> I've, I've admitted that many a time. I've been doing a Tesla podcast every week for the past seven and a half years. And it's not to say there aren't other great vehicles. It's not a, a zero sum game here. But when you look at the cargo capacity of the Model S, uh, the S with its hatchback, You you look at, and the franc certainly contributes to that. The performance, the safety, the autopilot tech, the overall looks of the car—just back to front, top to bottom. Factor it all in. If you were to just tell me, if you that I could have a blank check to buy one car, but it's the only car I could own. So no toys. Nothing, you know, no, no reliving my past and buying another Delorean. just one car that's all you get. that's all you're gonna be able to drive. I seriously would choose a plaid Model S. that would what would be your pick. would you would you pick a Tesla? Which one? Would you pick something else? I'd be curious. Feel free to maybe call in or this might be more of a good one for Patreon, uh, just to leave a comment or you can always tweet me or email me or message me on Instagram anyway. That just occurred to me. It wasn't even in my notes. I was like, well, wait a second. What would I choose if, if I were told just one car and that's all you get? Anyway, I'd choose the Plaid Model S. So it's good to see that car uh, get down another $5,000. So uh, you will remember back to the weekly Patreon poll from one month ago where this question came up. Uh, and I I polled you guys on it and 56% of respondents, those of you that voted, said, Both the Model S and X are priced too high. Tesla should bring them down further. Well, you've got your wish. Or at least uh, it's a start. 5,000 less now than, than it was a month ago. Let's see what these price cuts do for demand on these two cars, which as you heard me speculate earlier in the podcast, you know, it seems like they might be lagging a little bit in the demand department. So we'll see how it goes from here. On a related note, yes, we are still on the same uh, train of thought here, tougher EV tax credit regulations in the United States are going into effect this week, April 18th. I saw this written up on Drive Tesla Canada, so I want to give them a tip of the cap and I'll read you their summary. Since January, many EVs, including all variants of the Tesla Model 3 and Model Y have qualified for the full $7,500 tax credit that came about as a result of the Inflation Reduction Act introduced last year. Those credits were only going to be in effect for a few months as the IRS said newer rules that took into account where the EV batteries were sourced and manufactured would be announced in March. To be eligible for the full tax credit, there were two sets of criteria as we've been over, but I'll just give them to you again real quick. If a vehicle only meets one of these two requirements, it's eligible for half, $3,750 tax credit. The first set of criteria specifies that at least 50% of the value of the battery components must be produced or manufactured in North America in the fiscal year 2023, and this minimum percentage will increase annually. The second set of criteria requires that at least 40% of the value of the critical minerals used for the vehicle including cobalt, copper, nickel, graphite, and lithium, must be extracted, processed, and or recycled domestically or in a country with which the U.S. has a free trade agreement. This minimum percentage will also increase annually. By April 18th, the government will publish a revised list of qualifying models and tax credit amounts, giving EV buyers an additional two weeks, now less, as I'm reading this to you, before the new requirements come into effect. However, Tesla is already notifying potential buyers on its website that it expects the Model 3 rear wheel drive, AKA the base Model 3, will no longer be eligible for the full tax credit come April 18th with an updated message on the design studio, which reads, new Model 3 and Model Y vehicles qualify for a federal tax credit for eligible buyers. Based on new IRS guidance, the $7,500 credit is now anticipated to be reduced for Model 3 rear wheel drive on April 18th. Well, we did at least know this was coming. So at the very least, it's not an unpleasant surprise. And certainly the reason why the base Model 3 is affected is because its battery pack, that LFP pack that I talked about a moment ago, is sourced from China where Tesla builds all of its LFP battery packs. So it seems that, at least for the time being, the best deal to be had on the Model 3 was from mid-January, right after the price cuts, and after the tax credit, the new tax credit went into effect, to right now. Now, that's not to say that Tesla, they might choose to drop the MSRP, drop the price on the base Model 3, They could drop it by $3,750 if they want to or need to, if demand uh, dictates that. I suspect they won't want to, certainly, the company wants more profits, it is a for-profit enterprise after all, but there is a chance that it might need to. So if demand lags enough, then Tesla has the option to eat into its industry-leading profit margins in order to goose more orders for that car there's good news on this front tesla is dipping their toe in that water right now this week in addition to the price cuts that i already told you about the base model 3 has been cut by thousand dollars so it's now forty two thousand dollars and the performance model 3 also saw one thousand dollars shaved off of its base price which is now $53,000, 53 K for the performance model three. Again, I have been a very happy performance model three owner for over, I mean, we're closing in on five years over 50,000 miles. It has been a joy. I still get such a thrill when I, you know, I'm in a safe position, whether it's off a stop sign, stop light, you know, quiet, safe spot to just, Slam that pedal down and get that roller coaster feeling it still brings an involuntary smile to my face fifty plus thousand miles later fifty three thousand dollars for the base for the performance model three that is awesome. Oh, what a great value that is but but the base model three too I want to emphasize the base model three still a great value as well, even with the loss of half of the tax credit coming up. However, so what I'm just gonna state the obvious, just just, uh, for anybody out there that's been considering, you know, maybe uh, you've been talking to your spouse about it, considering it for yourself, whatever the case may be, if you have been ready to commit to buying a base Model 3, you've been looking at it, you've been thinking about it, you're about there, if you can move now move right now on an inventory model new inventory model so i was just talking to my wife about this today uh and i went to check on it tesla is they have they are hiding or at least burying the access to their inventory page it used to be right on the main homepage. you had model three or model y at the top right now it's model y but next to Model 3, you know, you'd click custom order or there was the show inventory button. Well, they've changed that to a test drive, demo drive button. But if you just go to tesla.com slash inventory, it's still there. You can still get at it. And and at least as of recording this and as of my zip code here in the San Francisco Bay area, there were plenty of $42,000 base Model 3s available in my area. And again, that may vary based on your zip code. I, I am here right in the backyard of the Fremont factory. So, you know, that's logically that could mean that there are just more here because Tesla knows they can deliver them right to the last second of that April 18th federal tax credit cutoff here. But anyway, the point is, If you've been really thinking about it and you're about ready to act, if you can act right now, you know you won't get to customize your car, but there were some different colors, I should say, on there. Again, just in my zip code, who knows what it would be by you, but just take a look, that's my point. Take a look, you might be able to grab something and then save yourself an additional $3,750 versus doing a custom order for yourself. All right. Uh, let's totally move on. I promise I'm done with the price stuff, but fortunately the price stuff was all good. Lots of price cuts across the board. Uh, this week, Tesla made good on an old promise and finally made Giga beer available for sale. Beer spelled B I E R. Of course, that's the German word for beer. It is the German spelling. Giga beer is available They made the announcement on their Tesla Europe Twitter account saying, quote, brewed for cyborgs, made by humans. And on the product page, it is advertised as a limited edition offering. Here's the official description. It reads, Tesla Gigabier is designed to emulate the form of Cybertruck while honoring the 500-year tradition of German Ryan... Oh, hold on. I gotta dust off my, my high school and college German for a second. We've got Gebot. there we go. Gebot beer making. Enjoy this limited edition Pilsner style beer brewed in Berlin with our exclusive strain of cyber hops and notes of citrus, bergamot, and sweet fruit. Each bottle features a seamless gloss black sleeve with a glow in the dark giga watermark. Prost, must be 18 years old to purchase. Sold in packs of three, the ingredients are simply water, malted barley, cyber hops, and yeast. Made in Germany, powered by cyber hops, sold and distributed by Brau Uni. So, like Tesla tequila before it, it is in a really fancy 330 milliliter bottle, which, for those of us in the, in the U.S., does in fact translate to just right about 12 ounces, the same as a 12 ounce beer here, uh, that you'll certainly be probably wanting to display that giga beer bottle, whether the bottle is full or empty. And I suppose if you do crack any of them open and drink them, you could reuse them, maybe not with beer, unless you've got a tap at home that you wanna, which if you do, that's awesome. But it could also be maybe a fancy water cariff as well. You could do it that way. So the catch here, the bad news for my North American listeners, is that it's only being sold in Europe. Fortunately, I have a lot of really wonderful listeners out there. All of you are wonderful. I reached out to one of my European Patreon backers, who I had the pleasure of meeting last summer, when he was visiting San Francisco on a on a vacation, so he kindly and wanted to meet up, and we had lunch, and it was great to to chat with him. And so I reached out to him, and he very kindly purchased a pack of Giga beer on my behalf. And by sheer coincidence, I did not know this when I reached out. He told me he is planning a trip back to my neck of the woods this summer so once he arrives with my Giga beer and i uh, make sure to pay him for it cuz i will say this it's not cheap it is very by <laughs> by beer standards it is not cheap but uh, i am I'm, I'm willing to go for it for uh, you know it's tesla why not i paid a, a fortune for that tesla tequila which i do love displaying behind me it's in every video shoot that I do for IGN at home it I, it is a fun centerpiece it is a fun display piece and I'll I'll do the same with the Giga beer bottle but unlike the Tesla tequila, which just quite honestly I don't I'm not really interested in drinking I don't drink tequila I'm just leaving it sealed leaving it full the Giga beer on the other hand, I do like beer so once it arrives, I will do a live taste test right here on the podcast, right at the top of the show. I'll just crack it open and just tell you what I think as I'm tasting it. No filter, you know, it'll just be, I'll tell you whether I like it or not. Uh, So that'll be fun. I will say I do like my German beers, so I'm hoping that this one is going to be right up my alley. Uh, one more note that, uh, shockingly, hold on, actually, let me click this one more time because I made these notes a couple of days ago. Uh, when I had checked this, this Giga beer was still available. Yeah, it's still available as of now. So usually the Tesla limited edition stuff sells out quite quickly. This is still available. So for my European listeners, or for those of you who, uh, maybe are in North America and have a friend or family member who might be in Europe that can get them and ship them to you. Though, remember, be aware of the laws in your state regarding whether or not alcohol can be shipped across state lines. I know that that was a weird thing with the Tesla tequila, where people were trying to get that, but like certain states, you couldn't, they couldn't do it. So just passing that PSA along before you spend the money. But again, I I would suggest act now because even though they've the Giga Beer's been available for a few days now. I can't imagine that these are going to last too long. So, if you just go to GigaBeer.Tesla.com, again Giga Beer spelled G-I-G-A-B-I-E-R, GigaBeer.Tesla.com, that will uh, at least you can sh- you can take a look at it, even if you're not planning to order it. It'll show you what it looks like, what the bottle looks like. All right. Uh, next up this week, is Tesla thinking about offering a painted option for the Cybertruck stainless steel body? Probably not, but let's talk about it anyway. Because, as Tesla Roddy noted, that's where I saw this this week, Tesla Roddy posted a story citing a handful of job listings in manufacturing at Giga Texas, and those jobs are as follows There is a Cybertruck paint production supervisor, a Cybertruck paint production associate manager, a manufacturing engineer for paint, again tagged Cybertruck, a Cybertruck paint equipment engineer, Cybertruck paint process engineer, Cybertruck automation engineer, again in the paint department, and Cybertruck paint controls engineer. Does this mean that the Cybertruck is going to be offered with a painted stainless steel body? I don't think so. And I'm bringing this up because I did see that conversation immediately start to bubble up when, when this story went around, when the story got posted, what this, these job listings are likely referring to is painting Cybertruck parts, not the body, but parts under the skin and in some cases uh on the outside visible but i'm talking about things like the black front and rear bumpers which you can see and then a- again parts that you can't see because uh, and the reason that this popped right into my head is i don't know if i ever told you this little piece of my elon interview experience from back in 2019 but I got about five or 10 minutes with him after the interview was done. We were, we were, he was very kind to, I had asked ahead of time with his people, hey, can I take a, can we get a picture? They had, they had run it by him and he said yes. So the interview was done. We stepped out of the conference room. We were just looking for a spot, uh, to, a good spot to take a picture. And his people were all just kind of chatting amongst themselves. So he and I were just chatting for a few minutes. And I asked him about uh, about painting the roadster, and I was, oh well, you know, you, you got to do you got to do different colors for that, right? And you know, I forget exactly what he said at the time, but he had said he did say that. Oh yeah, well, we'll have to. We are at some point going to have to probably convert south paint for painting cars, he meant. That was where he was driving. And he had said, so South Paint in 2019 was being used to paint parts at that time. So this is nothing new. Tesla paints parts now, and every car company paints parts now. So that is what I am reasonably confident that this is referring to, because quite frankly, it just doesn't make sense to paint the Cybertruck's body. It does not make sense to paint over the stainless steel for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, there's the fact that part of the reason Tesla is going with stainless steel in the first place is to avoid sending every truck through a paint shop, which saves a ton of time and a ton of money for Tesla and helps keep the price of the Cybertruck down, both the the cost to build it and the cost to the customer. And avoiding the paint shop lessens the environmental impact of producing the Cybertruck by, I mean, I don't know how much, but certainly a tangible margin. That's something that somebody like Sandy Monroe could speak better to than I could. The second reason why I don't think it makes any sense to paint the Cybertruck's stainless steel body, and here's where my DeLorean experience comes in, I can tell you from people in the DeLorean community that have done this, paint does not stick to stainless steel very well. It's not that you can't do it, you totally can, but it probably won't last. After about five years or so, and I know people that this happened to in the DeLorean community who maybe bought a car that they didn't paint that the previous owner had painted, the paint, will actually start to just chip off after maybe five years or so was what was their experience with the DeLorean. You are honestly, if you don't want the stainless steel, if you just, if you want to, you don't want your Cybertruck to look like everybody else's Cybertruck. In my humble opinion, uh, opinion as a person that owned a stainless steel car, I believe you are honestly better off doing a wrap if you want to personalize your Cybertruck. A wrap, I should be clear, will also only last about five years, but you can get anything you want, whether it's a metallic, paint-like finish, a matte finish, shout out to Marquez Brownlee, who all things matte black for him, we know, or maybe you want some crazy pattern on the wrap, right? Whatever you want, you can get it on a wrap. For me, I will be keeping my Cybertruck in its naked stainless steel form because again, A, I think it looks beautiful. I've said that before. I'll say it again. Stainless steel from the DeLorean, uh, it just has such a beautiful glow, particularly under artificial nighttime lighting, but it also looks really unique under natural sunlight too. And then B. The other reason I'm going to be keeping my Cybertruck in its naked stainless form is that stainless steel requires virtually no maintenance. You've heard me say it. I'm going to say it again. I will probably need to do, or well, I will probably be, uh, feel like I'm maybe being helpful to the community by doing like an entire either bonus episode or some sort of thing when the Cybertruck's actually coming out just all about stainless steel care and how to do it. It won't be a very long podcast, but I do think a lot of folks might want to hear uh, about about all that stuff. Anyway, with stainless steel, with that the, the no maintenance factor, what I mean is you don't wax it, it's pointless. There, it's not paint, there's no need to wax it. It won't age or fade. There's no worrying about scratches because you can blend them out with a heavy-duty Scotch-Brite pad. It's just, and it just, it will look great forever. It's not gonna rust. So that's that's where I'm gonna be keeping it keeping it stainless with my Cybertruck, but uh, I don't think that Tesla's gonna paint them. There will be people out there that do, and hey, more power to you. It's gonna, we'll see some unique-looking stuff out there, I have no doubt, but I would consider a wrap. If you do, in fact, decide you want to personalize it next up this week, man, there's, there's still a lot more to talk about. We're 40 minutes in already, but this is good. This is good because in fact, this is great. Some great news this week via Reuters. I am thrilled to share this with you. Reuters writing this Tesla on Thursday, nominated co-founder and former chief technology officer JB Straubel to the board of directors at a time when some investors have expressed concern about a lack of succession planning at the electric car maker led by chief executive Elon Musk. Reuters continues writing, if elected at the annual meeting on May 16th, yes, it's coming up, Straubel would succeed Hiromichi Mizuno who will not stand for re-election. Straubel joined Tesla in 2004, and spent 14 years as the chief technology officer. He has been credited with Tesla's battery cell design and also led the construction and concept of Gigafactory Nevada and the production of Model 3. Tasked with Tesla's groundbreaking battery technology since Tesla's early beginnings, Straubel directed development of the plan to make sleek electric cars powered by bundled laptop batteries. The understated Straubel had been seen as a good partner for Shelly Musk before stepping down in 2019. These are all Reuters words, just to be clear. Before stepping down in 2019, when the automaker was grappling with losses. Straubel has since founded Redwood Materials Incorporated, a battery recycling company. And then one more related footnote here. Tesla also named Tom Zhu, who led construction and operations of Tesla's Shanghai factory as Senior Vice President for Automotive Operations. This makes him one of the four executive officers at Tesla, along with Musk, Chief Financial Officer Zachary Kirkhorn, and Powertrain Head Andrew Bagolino. Thank you, Reuters, for that summary. Well, if you've been listening to the podcast for a bit, you know what I am about to say. And that is this should the CEO position at Tesla open up for any reason whatsoever. And to be clear, I'm not rooting for that, but I'm just saying if Elon decides that, well, he's set Tesla on a great course and he wants to go spend more of his time at SpaceX or some other venture that if that situation occurred, there is no one. And I repeat, No one that I would have more confidence in to lead Tesla that if it's not going to be Elon, J.B. Straubel is the person. Nobody knows the company like J.B. Nobody understands the technology like J.B. He gets the culture. He just gets everything. He is literally, this is the best way to sum it up. This is the Twitter friendly summary. J.B. Straubel is literally the perfect person CEO backup plan to Elon, and that's not to diminish, I do wanna make it clear, just having his voice on the board is also a good thing, but he is the perfect backup plan to Elon, and his likely election, I can't imagine it's not gonna go through, his very likely election to the board, it puts him in the perfect position to take that CEO mantle, again, if necessary, for any reason so love seeing this this is just awesome awesome news for this week next up this week some not so awesome news unfortunately the the this is the the bad news portion and then i promise i've got one more story that's good news so i'm gonna end on a good note but here's some bad news the texas state legislature is planning to add a two hundred dollar a year fee to EV registrations with a $400 fee for the first year. I saw this on the Tesla Model 3 Reddit, and I'm gonna give you this summary straight from the source, which is the Texas Energy and Power Newsletter, who writes, four years ago, Texas legislators asked the Texas Department of Motor Vehicles to study and recommend a fair EV tax that would hit EV drivers no harder than the gas tax hits drivers of conventional cars and trucks. About 29% of the money that pays for road building and repairs in Texas comes from the gas tax, which of course EV owners don't pay. The DMV put forward a study suggesting roughly $100 would more than cover EV owners' fair share of the state's road responsibilities. That report read in part, quote, if the objective is to replace the average amount of state motor fuel tax that an equivalent conventional vehicle pays, the amount is estimated to be about $100 a year for an electric vehicle, end quote. The legislature, in turn, ignored the study it commissioned. The Senate passed a $200 EV tax instead, which died in the House in the waning days of the last session. So legislators are back at it. The Senate passed the $200 tax again, just this week. An identical bill, HB 2199, will be heard in the House Committee on Transportation on Wednesday. To be clear, Drivers of trucks that get approximately 20 miles per gallon end up paying about $108 per year in state gas taxes, according to Texas Transportation Institute. Sedans pay, according to the DMV, $63.27 a year. Texas Leaders, again, this is these are the words of the Texas Energy and Power Newsletter, who I thank for the summary. Apparently think EV drivers, regardless of what model they drive, should be taxed at twice the highest rate in Texas and should pay more than three times the tax paid by drivers of conventional cars. Consumer Reports called the proposed $200 electric vehicle tax punitive. It's three times as much as a conventional sedan pays in state gas tax. Well, hopefully this will not become law because obviously... This is egregious. And the word egregious might even be a bit too kind here. The numbers, as you just heard, they speak for themselves on this. As always, I encourage all of my listeners in the affected state. And by the way, I know there are many Texas listeners out there. My hosting service that I use, Libsyn, they have some pretty neat analytics that I dig into from time to time. And one of those analytics is it actually shows downloads by not just country but state in the US. And Texas, I believe it's either it's either number 2 or number 3. I think it might even be like my, my, my second most listeners in any one individual state are in Texas. It's California, Texas and New York. So there are a lot of you out there in Texas and obviously there are a lot of Teslas in Texas as well. So I encourage any of you that stand to be affected by this to, as always, call, write, and or email your state legislators to, keyword, respectfully express your opposition to this bill. All right, I promised you good news to end on, so here you go. Finally this week, I saw this on the Tesla Motors Reddit, Tesla has announced the winter 2023 supercharger location winners. The following sites are all going to get new superchargers because you, the community, voted on it. Florida with some serious representation in North America. So each region with five. So in North America, Key West, Destin, Florida, and Cape Canaveral, all getting superchargers fairly soon. And then Lee Vining, California and Helen, Georgia are the North America sites. In Europe and the Middle East, you've got sites in Muscat, Oman, Gdansk, Poland, Warsaw, Poland, Malmo in Sweden, and Sio Folk. I may have mispronounced. I probably mispronounced the heck out of that. For my Hungarian listeners, I am very sorry about that. I definitely uh, botched that. Asia Pacific, Apollo Bay in Australia, Southern Cross Australia, Port Augusta in Australia. Again, I know I've got plenty of Australian listeners out there too. Also Matsumoto Japan and Shirahama Japan. And then five bonus global sites as well. Uh, Quebec, I've definitely got some Quebec listeners. Bromont and then Taiwan, New Zealand, Spain and One more American one, Kalispell, Montana, also in there as well. So that is so cool. I absolutely love that Tesla is continuing to do this. It's such a wonderful thing to bring the community into because it's something that will benefit the community. So it's just, it's perfect, it's great. So we can look forward to these new locations opening up over the next few months. All right. That is the end of an extraordinarily busy news week, but I'm gonna do uh, just uh, probably three phone calls for you. I wanna be respectful of your time here and not make the podcast
1: too crazy long this week.
0: So stay tuned. I'll be right back with a few phone calls from the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this.
1: Hi, this is Franz von Holtzhausen and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast.
0: Let's do a few phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's your chance to call in and be a part of the podcast. I will confess to you, I have currently 13 calls sitting in my inbox that I still haven't even listened to because I've been trying to get caught up and get the regular show ready uh, after my family trip. So looking forward to doing plenty more phone calls next week. But for this week, show's already running long. I'll do a few here. But I still encourage you to call in if you'd like to be featured, if you'd like to ask a question, comment discussion topic. There are two easy ways to call in. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software. Uh, Record the message. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many calls each week as possible. And then email the file to me at my podcast email address, which is teslapodcast at gmail.com or you can take that same 90 second or less question and leave a message on the ride the lightning hotline it is a toll-free number dial it anytime you like the number 1-888-989-8752 again that's 1-888-989-TSLA And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off with Glenn from Cape Town, South Africa.
2: Hey Ryan, it's Glenia from Cape Town, South Africa. On this week's show, a caller called in and asked whether there would be any possibility that uh, Tesla would ever build gigafactories in South America or Africa for that matter. Well, I can probably vouch for the African side of things and if they if that ever had to happen, my guess is that tesla would probably choose south africa as its first choice Um, we do already manufacture vehicles in this country for a lot of the leading uh, vehicle brands and those get exported um, as well especially for uh, right-hand drive markets But I can already tell you that that will never happen. Um, Our labor force is exceptionally unionized. And I know that's something Tesla is not a big fan of, is is unions. And believe me, that'll be a big problem. And then, of course, currently it's our electricity problem. Yes, load shedding. That is what we have to undergo on a daily basis with scheduled power cuts once, twice, and even up to three times a day. And that brings me on to your other point that you made at the end of last week's show and how bad you felt because you had power and everybody else didn't uh, your uh, storm that you had. Don't feel bad, Ryan. I must say, um, I've got an inverter and a battery to keep the house powered up during load shedding here, and I'm um, one of two people on our block that actually has that. So at night, when the power goes out, uh, we are all lit up. Uh, porch lights are on, my office light is on, which you can see from the road. So I kind of got over that very quickly. You know, at the end of the day, uh, we just need to make do and uh made a plan and now at least our house is powered up so don't feel bad
0: (laughs) all right ryan have a good one cheers eh? bye glenn thank you for sharing your regionally unique perspective on this you just taught me more about the south african auto industry and electrical grid than i ever knew before so i appreciate it and it sounds like a tesla gigafactory in your neck of the woods is indeed pretty unlikely then uh, and I also appreciate, by the way, you sharing your encouraging words about my strange feeling of guilt when we were the only house on our block lit up during a recent power outage. I mean, you're right. We all just have to make do, but we are lucky enough to have made do with a battery backup system. In fact, I will say this as a as like a, a good thing here. I've already had one neighbor who we know pretty well, Ask me about it. And she is now looking into a battery backup system for her home. In fact, she contacted Budget Safe Solar. So even if she doesn't end up going through with a purchase, you know, she'll have at least gotten some useful information on it. Thanks again, Glenn. Next up, Sean from New York commenting on FSD Beta 11.
2: Hi, Ryan. Sean Bloom from New York calling again. Really quickly, I was just noticed with the new FSD beta 11 point, whatever it is, my update had an option for auto steer beta and full self-driving beta. I don't really know what auto steer beta does. I get the idea that it might change lanes with my turn signal, but is auto steer beta turned on if FSD beta is turned on? And can you explain what auto steer beta is all about? Thank you very much.
0: Hey, Sean, I am happy to help clarify this. In short, auto steer beta is just basic autopilot. That's what pairs with traffic aware cruise control in order to create autopilot. If you've got a three or a Y, when you double tap down on the gear selector stalk to turn on autopilot, what you are actually doing is turning on traffic aware cruise control with the first tap, and auto steer beta with the second tap. Now the new S and X have mercifully simplified this by just turning on both with one press of the right scroll wheel button on the yoke, or I guess now could also be steering wheel as well. But anyway, if you're curious why auto steer is labeled as a beta, it always has been. Since the day it first got turned on back on autopilot one in 2014, and I'm not positive about this, but I believe the beta designation might be part of a liability issue for Tesla. In other words, kind of a CYA thing. By calling it a beta, it's saying, hey, you know, this is not a final thing. You're, you're, you're using this at your own risk, basically. So I hope that helps. And one more call I'm gonna do this week, it's from Terry in Queensland, Australia.
1: Hi Ryan, Terry from Udlo in Queensland, Australia. Um, A couple of weeks ago, you had a caller commenting on the difficulty of using the touch buttons to indicate uh, on the yoke of the new Model S um, when navigating roundabouts in Europe. Um, Obviously, in Australia, we also have a lot of roundabouts, so it's possibly a concern for us as well when we finally do get the new Model S here and if they go to that system on other cars as well. Um, The thought occurred to me is... Uh, When obviously when Tesla is using full self-driving, I assume it can indicate uh, when it's turning, turn the indicator off when it's finished turning. Is there any reason why Tesla couldn't enable a option to say self-indicate? And if you're using navigation, it will indicate when you're coming up to a turn, uh, turn the indicator off when you finish the turn. Um, Just might solve or make it a lot easier for uh, people using those touch buttons, and that you really wouldn't need to use them as long as you're following the the navigation and don't change your route. Uh, Second thing is, uh, you made a comment last week about uh, Australia not being a good location for a gigafactory due to the small number of cars we would uh, use here. Uh, While I wholeheartedly agree with that, uh, the it does seem like Australia could be a good place for a battery-only gigafactory. Um, given we have a fairly large demand going forward for stationary storage, we have all the raw materials, lithium, etc., here for that go into making batteries. Um, it might make sense instead of shipping just the raw materials overseas. We have a battery factory, put the batteries together, and then ship them to China, USA, Mexico. Interested in your thoughts? Bye.
0: Thank you for your call, Terry. First, you make a fantastic point about the possibility of a battery factory in Australia. You're absolutely right. And by the way, thank you for pointing that key fact out. And so I wholeheartedly agree with you as I now revise my statement. I still believe that building cars in Australia is probably unlikely to happen for Tesla, but a battery factory now that you've enlightened me, definitely seems like a really strong possibility. And as for your suggestion about an auto turn signal, if you've got a route programmed in, even if you're not on FSD, I like it. I mean, that seems like something Tesla could totally do. And to me, it even fits in with their goal of automating more of the drive functions if the driver wants it, right? So I'd love to see this implemented as... I do agree that it could be a good solution for the S, X, and Cybertruck owners who are going to have those capacitive touch buttons for turn signals. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Glenn, for taking the time to call in. And a whole bunch more of you that I promise I will get to next week as well. Keep those calls coming. We'll do some more Ride the Lightning on next week's podcast. But for now, I'm not quite done yet. I've got a little bit more podcasts for you coming up right after this.
2: This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out.
0: As for what's going on with me, well, I got back from our family trip and then the next morning immediately took my car to Tesla service for my long-awaited fix of the upper control arms, and I'm so happy that my front end now no longer sounds like it's haunted anytime it goes over any little bump or undulation. So, uh, very grateful to the Tesla San Francisco team for getting that done. And I have to say it was, it was just under 200 bucks, which for front suspension work seems pretty darn reasonable for, especially it's, it's post warranty and you know, I'm out of warranty. I've got to claim in with my, uh, X care, Warranty, So we'll see, you know, what I get reimbursed on that. But even if it were totally out of pocket, the front control arms, upper control arms, glad to see that it wasn't some like crazy, huge, expensive project. Uh, Now, I also got the FSD Beta 11 while I was away. And it's always fun when I'm on a trip and a a software update comes in because I can update my car from thousands of miles away, which is just such a neat little head trip in my humble opinion. Uh, I unfortunately only got to drive it very briefly. I mean, I just took it to the service center and then short drive home. And today uh, I've been just heads down working all day. So I, I will give some impressions on my thoughts on it on next week's podcast, but I will give you an entertainment recommendation in the meantime. A family member recommended a show on Netflix called Money Heist to me. And she raved, just like, this is the best show. You have to watch it. You will be hooked. So I thought, okay, I brought it for the plane ride uh, on the way out to our, our family trip. And I have to say, it is really good. It's, I mean, the name, the description's in the title. It is a group of thieves planning a giant heist at a mint. And it's, it's a really good show. So I just got through the first season. Somehow there are like four, maybe even five seasons of it. So I'm kind of curious where the story is going to go. Uh, But it's been really fun so far. So if you haven't checked that out on Netflix, give it a look. Uh, Now a pro tip of the week, Phil from Kent, Ohio.
3: Hello, Ryan. This is Phil from Kent, Ohio with a tip for you and the audience. If you have ever been picking somebody up and you've been frustrated that the moment you pull up, you need to spend anywhere from five to ten seconds to come to a complete stop, Put the vehicle into park, press the unlock on the screen, and then everyone can get in. You can use this tip, because I have not found any menu anywhere on the screen that allows you to unlock the car while you're still driving. So press the voice command button and say, unlock car. You're still in drive, so I do this as I'm pulling up. And I pull up to, say, pick up my kids after an after-school event, and it's pouring rain, the car is unlocked, I pull up, everyone jumps in, they close the doors, and we pull away, and I never had to put it into park. The car gives you a warning about, proceed with caution, the doors are open when you're not in park, Uh, but that's okay, because you're stationary anyway. So I hope this helps a bunch of people. I have loved this tip, and more importantly, so have my kids on days where it's a downpour, and they're outside of the car saying, Please open the car fast and I can't. Thank you again for the wonderful podcast, and I look forward to them every single week. Take care.
0: Thanks, Phil. I've also had success just tapping the padlock icon at the top of the screen, even while I'm still in drive, inching the car forward in the school pickup line. And that does the trick perfectly. They then automatically relock once the car goes above five miles per hour. So thank you for that pro tip. And if anybody else out there has a good pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, please call in and you do that the same way that you send in a regular Ride the Lightning hotline call and I told you about that earlier in the podcast. All right, before I get out of here, some friends of the podcast, I'll start with abstractocean.com. They got a million great aftermarket accessories from tempered glass screen protectors to rear footwell lighting kits, drop-in cup holder stabilizers, lots of other neat interior lighting kits as well. Check them out, abstractocean.com. If you see anything you like, throw it in your cart, and when you get to check out Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word, no spaces, to get 15% off of your first order there. Meanwhile, if you're in need of a front license plate mount for your Tesla, don't use the one that Tesla gives you because it sticks to the front of the car. So if you ever take it off, it's going to be quite the mess. You're going to get a lot of sticky tape residue left on your front bumper if you ever need to take it off or wanna take it off. Instead, use the snap plate. It is the front license plate bracket that snaps on and off in seconds. It's available for all four Teslas. It is paint safe, it is grill safe, radiator safe, autopilot safe. It's a nice, clean, minimal design, blends really nicely with the front end when it's on. And if you take it off, it leaves no unsightly hardware behind. So make those fix-it tickets go away. Get yours at everyamp.com RTL. Budgetsafesolar.com, I mentioned them a few minutes ago. Uh, they've got your solar needs covered if you want. Uh, also, they offer battery backup as well. So check them out, budgetsafesolar.com. Sure, you're going to check Tesla, but check these guys out, too. They took good care of me. If you do end up proceeding with an installation for your home or business, please use the referral code RTL. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections, the website there, irdetailing.com. Yelp, it's yelp.com slash immaculatereflections. Instagram, the handle there, immaculate underscore reflections. And Immaculate Reflections will take such good care of you and your car if you wanna treat your car to a spa day. Maybe you wanna do some paint protection film. Maybe you wanna do paint correction. Maybe ceramic coating. Any of that, all of that, do it if you're gonna be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area at Immaculate Reflections, the website, again, irdetailing.com. Mention, when you reach out through the website, mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener and there is a very nice little discount waiting for you with any service that you book in. How about pureteslacom slash RTL, your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode setups. The 256 gig kit, 69 bucks. But honestly, you'd probably be just fine with the $49, 128 gigabyte kit. Either one is shipped free anywhere in the U.S., They come fully formatted for Tesla cam, ready to go, straight out of the package, works with Mac or PC. They also sell a nice little wireless game controller kit as well if you do a lot of gaming in your Tesla. So check them out at puretesla.com RTL. The Patreon, I mentioned it at the top, so I'll just make this quick, but the primary way through which you can choose to support me with this podcast, if you so choose, is through Patreon, and I hope if you do get a lot out of this podcast and you've been listening for a while, that at some point, maybe today's the day, you decide, yes, Ryan, I am going to support you on Patreon because I really appreciate what you do with the podcast. The website to go to is patreon.com slash Podcast. and from there, you'll see all the information, all the different support tiers, and all the bonuses and perks attached to each tier. They all stack, so the higher up you go, the more perks you get. There's that basic $5 a month tier, which is awesome. That means you're supporting me, which I so much appreciate, and you're gonna get early access to each week's show. The $10 a month tier gets you not just that early access, but also that weekly bonus episode, the bonus mini episode that I call the lightning round that I talk about at the top of the show. You get that too. The perks go on and up from there. So again, check it out on the Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Podcast. If you're not already listening to the podcast by following it or subscribing to it, totally for free, of course, on any of the major podcast services, please do that. That way it'll just automatically come to you each and every week. You won't have to remember to go get it. You can find me on all the big podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify. I'm also on YouTube. It's audio only, but if that's how you prefer to listen, go for it. Just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube. You should find me very easily there. You can subscribe to the channel. Email me anytime, teslapodcast at gmail.com. My Twitter handle and Instagram handle are both the same. If you'd like to reach out on social media, DMC underscore Ryan is my handle on both. And that brings me to the hello and thank you to the Plaid, Maximum Plaid, and Roadster in Space tier backers, the higher tiers of the Patreon, who among other prizes and perks get their name shouted out as a thank you each and every week. So thank you first to the grandfathered-in plaid-level supporters, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman. the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peak, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabaneas, The Lydia Family, Aaron Altshul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla Owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zalesny, Ish, not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Next up, the Maximum Plaid backers, Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisneski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Maitsuaru, Derek Nesselrode, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, halobengals.com, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, James Gregory, Adam Lavoy Contact contactonecallcenter.com, Jason Chalukas, and Travis Krenzel. Finally, an extra big thanks to the Roadster in Space tier backers. They are Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Ayacaveto, Tesla Hitchhiker42, and Carol Weston. Thank you all so much for your time and attention this week. Another busy week of Tesla news here on episode 401. I've got plenty to catch up on. I got to, I got to wash my car this weekend. It is the rain is looks like it's finally stopped at least for long enough to clean the car and keep it clean for a little while. It has been quite the rainy, dirty, grimy roads of, uh, of winter here in the San Francisco Bay area. Looking forward to cleaning the car. So that'll be one of my tasks this weekend. I'm also looking forward to chatting with, uh, with Lawton from Chicago for his one-on-one as part of his Roadster in Space tier perks this weekend. Uh, and then the Maximum Plaid group is, we're doing the monthly Patreon Zoom hangout next weekend. I didn't want to do it this weekend because by the time I got back, it was short notice to invite people. And also it's it's the Easter, it's the, there's a holiday uh, weekend this weekend. So I wanted to just be respectful of that. So next weekend, all the Maximum Plaid folks, everybody invited has already received an email invite, a calendar invite, and then there's a post on Patreon to remind you as well. So I look forward to seeing a bunch of you at that next weekend. So with that, happy electric motoring to all of you, and I'll see you next week.